Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Hey, it's so good to be here this morning. I just absolutely love just being with you. And if you're new here, we want to say a huge welcome to you. If you're online right now, we want to say a huge welcome to you as well, our podcast listeners. Um, We just absolutely love having guests. And we just say, we pray today, whether you're here for one Sunday or whether you're looking for a new church home, we just pray that you just experience the love of God and the reality of His presence and that you just encounter the miracles that God has for you and your family in Jesus' name. Thanks, Alicia. Um, Last week, I... I spent just the first couple of minutes of the, of the message or pre-message just giving you a bit of a pastoral insight or update or thoughts. And I actually got a lot of really positive feedback from that. So I'm going to give you just two minutes from the senior pastor's desk, if you like, um, and just what that means basically is just my heart and Charlie's heart for our church family is that we just keep growing as a church family, uh, that we grow in our maturity, that we grow in our hearts, that we grow in in numbers as we invite others to enjoy the wedding feast. Uh, We have to always remember that the wedding banquet is not just for us. Um, It's also go out and compel them to come, that they might enjoy the wedding banquet as well. Um, And that's what the call of the church is, is to make sure that we are always reaching out to others who are yet to experience the taste of the goodness of God. Remember, the Bible tells us, taste and see that the Lord is good. But I just can't enjoy that for me. I've got all of heaven to do that, all of eternity to do that. So there's people around us today that we have to have big enough hearts to encourage and invite them in. When it comes to the two minutes pastoral thoughts, um, I just want to share the scripture with you. And it's found in Psalm 92, and I'll just read it to you. But it says this in Psalm 92, verse 12. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. All right, just pause that. We do have some special family news, which I've definitely got to get to. It's very, very important. Um, This week, we want to announce, and it's going to be up on the screen, the birth of Florence Joy Green. (laughs) Florence Joy Green, and the nickname they have for her is Wren from what I understand. And mother and baby are doing well. Father is doing very well, as you can see. Um, So they had that. um, The new grandparents, congratulations. Paul, when was the birth? Was it Thursday or Friday? Friday, Thursday. He doesn't know what's happening. All right, it's it's this week. Um, So congratulations to the grandparents, the whole family, and to... Jane and Ben, we love you guys and can't wait to meet little Florence. Um, And Florence is a girl's name, by the way, if you didn't know that. (laughs) Toronto. (laughs) Toronto. 
All right, let's focus it back in. All right. So Psalm 92, who here wants to bear fruit in old age? Yeah, I, I want to bear fruit. I'm getting greys now. My wife keeps telling me that um, I'm getting more and more grey hairs. Um, daily, she brings it up actually at the moment, how many grey hairs I'm getting. Um, she, little did she realise that I am older than her um, by a few years, so... They were bare fruit in old age. But before, before that, it says, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. And so the thought I wanted to encourage us with as a church family is this, is I just really want to encourage you to make sure that in your heart that you are planted in God's house. Um, yesterday was one of those really amazing autumn days. We had a great family day. We got up, had family breakfast. Um, and then we watched, uh, watched a show that... Me and Charlotte like to watch because put bear to bed for an hour, watch the show, finish that. And then it was garden day and we had the best time just out in the garden, uh, which might sound not fun to you, but for our family it was fun. Um, and painting and doing different garden things and bear was crawling around and only fell on his face and on the cement once. Um, got a bruise on the side of his face which is sad for everybody, uh, but he's okay. Um, and, and one of those days where it was just a really fun day, but one of my jobs was we got, um, we wanted, there was a bit of garden at the front um, and there used to be a tree there that the neighbour cut down um, and it was a screening tree. And screening trees are important because when we sit on our deck, we don't want to see the neighbour's deck. Uh, no offence to the neighbours. Um, so when they cut their tree down, we can now see them and we don't want to see them. So basically, we're, we're thinking we need to put a new tree in this, this section of the garden. So we went out and I got um, a lily pilly. Um, I think that's what it's called, um, to put there. And they grow into these kind of big trees and big screening trees. Um, and so I, I dug the hole and the, the, this lily pilly was about this big. And then the, the, the pot was about this big and about that round. And I dug about that big in that round hole. And being the novice gardener I am, I was so proud that I was able to get the full amount of pot, uh, dirt in the pot, to keep its full shape, put it into the ground without falling apart, and then fill it in. No, 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 no. It doesn't deserve any... Okay. I gave myself a round of applause as well in my head. I, I, that night I tell Charlotte proudly how I kept it together and put it in the ground. She then goes to tell me, no, you're meant to break up <laughs> the bottom of the dirt because that lets the roots get out to spread. So right now this compacted, it still is right now, it's this compacted under the surface dirt which backfired and hopefully it doesn't kill the tree. And if you're not a gardener here, you're meant to break down that bottom half so that the roots can get out. I went from being the proudest gardener, forget Burke's backyard, Halliday's backyard, to being the failure in that moment. I know, I know. I'll let you know. If you, and by the way, if you know how to look after lily pillies after service, come and talk to me. I need it to flourish. I don't want to see the neighbours. As much as we love them, 
We need, we need our own space. When it comes to being planted in God's house, you have to let your roots go down. And because when you're planted in the house of God, it causes you to become healthy. And it says here, it says, it says, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. And then it says they will bear fruit in their old age. And I think we live in a generation, like when my parents were kids, sorry, kids, when they were adults, young adults, it was quite normal for them to get jobs which they had for many, many years. It was a career job. This next generation coming through seems to sometimes have a new career every four years. It's just the generation we're in. When they grow up, when they, when they get to their, their, their old age, there's a high chance they will be successful in a number of different sectors and careers, as opposed to my grandparents' generation. And that's fine. When it comes to the church, when it comes to being planted, we have to make sure we don't have a transplant mentality, where we're always going, well, what's tomorrow? Is there a better option? Is there something else going on? Because I've seen this throughout church life. So this is my pastoral encouragement for you, is to make sure that you always ask yourself, am I planted in the house of God? And, and ask yourself this question, how deep do your roots go down? Because you know that when a storm comes, if you have really light roots, like high up, it will knock you over. But if your roots go deep, it causes you to be strong. It causes you to get water sources that are deep, to get health that is deep in the earth. This isn't my sermon, although it probably should be. I've got to get on to something else. In our church, just to conclude, we've developed a thing called Pathways to help people be planted in the church here. The four pathways are attend, connect, serve, and lead. Yeah? So attend. Make sure if you want to be planted in God's house that you attend. The Bible says don't give up meeting together. Can I encourage you? Make sure that you attend more than you don't attend. If right now if you're away more than you're here, change that. It's hard to be planted if you're not here. Number two, connect. Get involved with connect. Start a connect. Do something in connect. Why? Because it's community. The great redwood trees of California, which are the biggest trees on earth, actually have a very shallow root system, but they stay, stay strong because their roots combine with the trees next to them. So when the storms come, they can help each other stay standing. You are not called to be an island. You are not called to do things alone. You're not called to be lonely. Now, sometimes it takes time to be connected. Sometimes it takes effort. Sometimes it takes many coffees. Sometimes it takes inviting. Sometimes it takes rejection. That's okay. But just do your best. Don't give up on it. And over time, get connected. Number three, serve. Be involved with serving. When you serve, you become planted. Serve with your time, serve with your prayers, serve with your finance. Why? Because Jesus said the greatest will be the servant of all. Literally, Jesus said, if you want to be great in the kingdom, be a servant. Therefore, the greatest people you will ever meet in the kingdom are the greatest servants. Yeah? Think about this. It's not the telly preacher on TV. It's the person who isn't afraid to go clean the toilets after a service in worship to the Lord. Number four, lead. 
Number four, lead by being influential. Lead by be, be putting a light on a hill. Lead by studying a group and get coffee and go, I'm going to encourage everyone in that coffee group. Everybody can do this. On the flip side of it, you can be by yourself. I'm just going to sit at the table and eat the wedding feast all for me. There's some blessing in that, but there is greater blessing in being kingdom-minded and being planted in the house of God. And with that, I conclude my two minutes for the senior pastor. Thoughts on our family. And you've got to understand, church, this isn't to get us in trouble. It's because I just genuinely want to see our church be healthy. And I know what health looks like in the kingdom. Health is being planted in the church. And if you're from a different church and you're visiting, make sure you're planted in that church. Make sure you have a heart that is planted, not a heart with where's the exit, a heart that's planted. All right. Thank you for the jokes that were given to me this week. I understand you're trying to help me and I appreciate it. Let me try something. Late one night, late one night, a burglar broke into a house he thought was empty. He tiptoed through the living room, but suddenly he froze in his tracks when he heard a loud voice say, Jesus is watching you. Silence returned to the house, so the burglar crept forward again. Jesus is watching you, the voice boomed again. The burglar stopped dead again. He was frightened. Frantically, he looked all around. In a dark corner, he spotted a birdcage, and in the birdcage was a parrot. He asked the parrot, was that you who said Jesus is watching you? Yes, said the parrot. The burglar breathed a sigh of relief and asked the parrot, what's your name? Clarence, said the bird. That's a dumb name for a parrot, sneered the burglar. What idiot named you Clarence? The parrot said the same idiot who named the rock wheeler Jesus. Where's, 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 the, where's the resident? Oh, I got this from Tom. I got this from Tom. You're fired, Tom. Um, I'm going to look for somebody else. Uh, if you've got your Bibles, Mark chapter 11. Mark 11 verse 22 says this. Benaiah, why do you start with a joke? Why not? <laughs> Mark eleven twenty two. It says, And Jesus answered them, Have faith in God. Why don't you say, Have faith in God? Who has faith in God here today? Yeah. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Today's message, and we're launching, we will celebrate miracles, miracle month today. We believe in God for great miracles Already I'm hearing testimonies of miracles that are already starting to take place in people's lives as we have faith to see mountains moved. And today's message is titled, Receiving Your Miracle. 
receiving your miracle. The Amplified says this, the same scripture, well, Mark 11, verse 24, it says in the Amplified, For this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, in accordance with God's will, believe with confident trust, and you have received them, and they will be given to you. Receiving your miracle. Who needs a miracle here today? Who needs a miracle for somebody else today? We have to start with the basics of miracles and the basics of God's heart when it comes to signs and wonders and miracles. We have to come before God, not just with a heart to seek his hand, but with actually with a heart to seek his face. The more we seek after the heart of God, the more that God gives us the faith to believe for supernatural miracles. Jesus tells us that you don't need mountain-sized faith. He says you need seed-sized faith. But a seed-sized faith will move a mountain. Seeds come from the throne, though. Seeds come from the voice of God. Faith comes by hearing. That's what the Scripture says in Romans. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. That word is the rhema word. That word is the quickening in your heart. That is the, when, when God speaks to your heart, when you read a scripture and it jumps out at you, something, God is trying to say something to you, the living, active word of God, and it's a seed that is birthed in your heart. Therefore, true faith comes from intimacy. <laughs> you think about relationship. If you only had a friend who only ever, uh, only ever spoke to you when they were asking you for something, who knows that friendship is very shallow? Some might even not call it a friendship, but something else. You see, true relationship comes from being with someone because of who they are. Why do we worship the Lord? Because we love who he is. Why do we take time every Sunday to, to lift our voice and Charlie comes up here and she just says, come on, let's just keep leaning into God because when we worship him for who he is, things start to stir in our hearts. With my son, the older he gets, I, I, it's, it's a joy for me to give him things. He can't speak yet, but he asks for things through the way he looks, <laughs> through his action, through his whinging. I can tell when he's getting hungry because he'll start to whinge at me. And I am now um, aware of the different types of whinges. I now know the hungry whinge. It sounds a little bit like Joey's whinge when he's hungry. <laughs> Just going to pick on you, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. The, the hangriest, the hangriest, hungry, angry, the hangriest person I know is Nat Curtis, by far. You don't ever want to... Yeah, he's hungry now. He's hungry. Someone get him some M&Ms. He's really, he needs he's a protein ball or something. So with miracles, we, we come before God and we say, God, we want to seek you. We want to know you. Jesus was a perfect example of this. 
where he loved the father, he spent time with his father, he would, would, would um, isolate himself to be with his heavenly father. But what did his life look like? It was a life of signs and wonders. It was a life of miracles. I believe every Christian should have a life of miracles, a, a life of signs and wonders. Why? Because Jesus' life is the, he's the perfect example of a Christian. <laughs> he is the benchmark. If somebody comes to how should we live, let's watch Jesus, but let's always watch the fact that he spent time with his Father. How are we going with the Father today? Pursue him with everything you have. So three simple things today about receiving your miracle based on Mark chapter 11, verse 24. The first one is this. He says to ask. For this reason, whatever things you ask for in prayer. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. If you want to turn there, you can. Matthew 7, verse 7. says this it says it says ask why don't you turn to your neighbor and say ask ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and the door will be open to you and I absolutely love this verse it says for everyone who asks receives and those who seek find and those who knock the door will be open for which of you if your son asks for bread will give him a stone or ask for fish will give him a serpent if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more will your heavenly Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? How amazing is this? As great as I can be with giving gifts to my son, out of the best love I can give, it doesn't really compare to the greatness and the goodness of my heavenly Father. It is his joy to give gifts. It's not bad to ask. You should ask. We have to ask out of intimacy. Make sure that when you ask, ask out of relationship. John chapter 15, verse 7. This is such a cool verse. John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. If you abide in me and I abide in you, ask whatever you want. And remember, go back to this original verse. According to God's will and it will be done for you. But it comes back to intimacy. It comes back to if you abide in me. Again, we can't just come to God in our prayer life and give him our shopping list. At the moment, I'm loving the Woolworths Click and Collect. Anyone else use Click and Collect? Oh, it is a life changer. Get on that website. You just select everything you want. You can sit in your car and they will bring your shopping to your car. And it is free and it is great. I am using that puppy every day I can. <laughs> every day. God isn't like a Woolworths online shopping list. What's the category? I'm going to go dairy. I'm going to go... No, no, no. What's the, you know, relationships, this, finance, this. We go through our categories with God and we go through our list with God and... And, and God will still listen to us and he loves us. He's bigger than our imperfections. But ultimately, we should come before him because of who he is. And in that intimacy, we can then be led into, God, what is it that I should be praying? What is it that I should be considering? 
How much of your prayer life, and just ask yourself this question, A, how is your prayer life? And then B, those who have a prayer life, how much of it is worship and how much of it is asking? My challenge to you is let it be more thanksgiving and the minority asking, not more asking and the minority thanksgiving. Yeah. Why? Because that's worship. That's relationship. That's walking with the Father. So we have to ask out of a place of intimacy. Number two, we have to ask because it brings glory to the Father. In John 14, verse 13, it says this, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Are you tracking with me okay? This is so cool. You know that when you ask, it's actually a sign of worship in itself. Ask that what? It might bring glory to the Father. God, give me a red Ferrari. Okay, but how does it bring glory to the Father? (laughs) Yeah, because I drive it really good and people will thank God because I'm such a good driver. Pray prayers that will bring glory to the Father. Pray prayers that will honour Him. Pray prayers, and it's okay to ask, because when you ask for things that bring glory to Him, you actually are worshipping Him in your asking. Amen, good preaching. That's great, because it is good. So number one, ask out of intimacy. Number two, ask knowing that when you ask rightfully, you bring glory to the Father. And the third thing is this. Ask, we ask to experience joy. John 16, 24 says, Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. We ask to experience joy. Holy Spirit, let us get this. (laughs) We ask because God wants you to experience joy. For many years, I asked God for a wife. I've got a wife now, and she causes me to experience great joy. I asked God when we, when we were talking about having kids, Charlie and I, we prayed and said, God, if you want us to have a kid, a baby, we give it to you, and we gave it to him in prayer. Our son brings us great joy. God wants you to experience great joy. Therefore, ask him for things that are going to bring you great joy. But isn't that prideful? Isn't that selfish? No, it's not. If you understand the heart of the Father, He wants to give you good gifts. But I'm not worthy. It's okay. Through Christ, you're worthy. Your life should not be a a life of lack or a life of struggle when it comes to experiencing joy. I love this. And, And, you know, it's so easy in church to hear Scripture and go, oh, yeah, that's nice. And then we forget about it. We're thinking about lunch. Nat's already thinking about lunch. He's already writing a list of what's for lunch. Six protein balls. <laughs> With a side of kale. <laughs> and just notice that John 16, 24... Until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. 
And then it says, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So Father, we ask for miracles. We ask for more of you. We ask for you to overflow this church with your presence and with, with people who need breakthrough and joy and people who are planted and Lord, send them in. In Jesus' name. We think sometimes humility is not to ask. But it's not that. Humility is to ask. <laughs> you know what it is? Humility is saying, I need your help, Father. How cool is that? Yeah, yeah but I, don't, I just, I, I'm, I do it on my own. I can make it through. Well, you miss out on joy that God could potentially give you. So trying to be a man's man or whatever the word is, try and prove something, have hearts that are humble, that you might experience joy because God wants to not just bless you. And remember what it says. It says, given will be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Running over, church. At some point you'll hear me preaching about the God of overflow. Our God is a God of overflow. He's not a God of half full or three quarters full or to the brim. If you want God to fill your life, get ready. It gets messy because it's overflow. But with the best possible things. <laughs> anyway, different, different message for a different time. Smith Wigglesworth says this. God is more eager to answer than we are to ask. How cool is that? That's very tweetable. That's very, very Facebooky. God is more eager to answer than we are to ask. Why don't you turn to your neighbour and say, God is more eager to answer than we are to ask. If only we knew, if only we knew the love of the Father, the way that he is. Because I think sometimes we have glimpses of the love of the Father. But imagine having the full heart, the overflow of God. And you know that because all worry, all fear, all those things start to fade away. They can't stand because love drives out. And you become so free. So the first thing this morning is ask, according to that scripture. The second thing is this. It says, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it. Number two, believe. The enemy will always attack our belief. Always. Through discouragement, disappointment, human reasoning and familiarity, it can rob us from belief. When we believe God, when we have faith, for something to happen, it's one of the most um, vulnerable places you'll be in. Because what faith and belief is, it's ultimate trust. Father, I trust you. I believe. I believe that you'll part the sea. I believe that you'll help me walk on water. I believe that you'll do this in this situation. And we get to a place and often... It's the God belief that he places. 
But sometimes it doesn't work out the way we thought. Does that mean God is a liar? No. Maybe his way is higher. Maybe his answer is going to happen at a later time. Sometimes he answers you in a different way, but it's the same answer. Scripturally, always come back to Scripture. Hebrews 11. The heroes of the faith. These men believed God. These men moved out. These amazing men. And they stepped out in faith. It says that the world was not worthy of these men. But then it also says they didn't see what they believed for. This one little verse. What? Does it then mean their faith wasn't real? Does it also mean that their faith did not touch the heart of God? No, their faith stands. They became giants of faith. And you'll see it on the screen. It says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not yet seen. In Matthew chapter 21, verse 22, it says, whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive it if you have faith. What is it today that you are believing God for that only God can do? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not yet seen. Please don't limit your life experiences to things you can only see. Do not trust yourself more than you trust God. Our God is a God of impossibilities. Believe for things that only He can do. But what happens if I don't see it and I look like an idiot? At least you trusted God. At least you put Him up and you said, I'm going to believe in you. And even if you didn't see that thing happen, you have the journey of trust and worship and testimony of seeing yourself trust Him above what you could possibly do by yourself. Hebrews 11. These were the men of faith. They trusted God. God says to Abraham, he says, you will have descendants as many as the stars in the sky, the sand on the seashore. Did he see that in his lifetime? Nope. He saw a few descendants. That was a miracle in itself, but he didn't see the promise. But generations later, the Israelite people became like that. Millions out of the miracle of the, 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 the seed of faith in one man's heart. This morning, I want to encourage you to not let past discouragement rob you of believing God for new miracles. Don't let past disappointment don't let human reasoning, don't let that person on YouTube talk you out of believing God for miracles. Just because they don't want to have fun doesn't mean you miss out on the fun things of God when it comes to seeing miracles. Miracles are fun. Miracles bring an element of heaven and an element of seeing breakthrough that only God can do. <coughs> there are too many YouTube people who think they have a platform who are idiots. Guard your hearts. <laughs> anyway, different subject, different sermon. By their fruit you will know them. 
Whatever you ask in prayer, you'll receive it if you have faith. Matthew 17, 20, Jesus says, Because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will be done. What does it say, church? Nothing will be impossible for you. Yeah, but your butt is not bigger than God's seed of faith. Doesn't matter how big your butt is, it's not bigger. <laughs> A seed of faith, nothing will be impossible for you. These scriptures become really big to Christians when they often are in very um, hard situations. When someone is, has an illness and you, you, doctors can't help and you need that nothing will be impossible for you, God. When there's a situation in your family or a situation in your life and it's out of the natural, the natural, there's no more options. And we hold on and we say, God, come and do a miracle. And it blesses the heart of God. And God does do miracles. But imagine having the same fervency when you didn't necessarily feel like you were in a corner, backed into a corner. Imagine being a Christian that said, nothing is impossible. I choose to be someone in my everyday life who believes for miracles, who believes that nothing is impossible. And the thing is, it, if you want to argue about these, these things, the scripture, it, the amount of times Jesus speaks about have faith, just believe. <laughs> I will do all these things if you just believe, if you just have faith. And what happens is in our minds, we're so educated that it actually takes the power out of just simply believing. Again, Smith Wigglesworth is a great revivalist. He says this, I can get more out of God by believing him for one minute than by shouting at him all night. <laughs> I can get more out of God by believing him for one minute than shouting at him all night. I know what it's like to believe God for big miracles and feel like they fell on their face. I know what that's like personally in my life. But I've decided in my heart to say, God, I will not let those times determine my future expectations. I choose to believe for a new miracle for a new day. Because even if I saw one out of 50 miracles actually happen, that is still one more than what would have happened if I became familiar or I just gave into my discouragement or my disappointment. I will not let my disappointment or discouragement take the place of me trusting God. I'm not going to trust in my discouragement more than I trust God. You know, that's what happens when we let discouragement and disappointment in and we, it causes us to stop. We have put our trust in discouragement and disappointment over our trust in God. Now, if you're a Christian here and you've been a Christian for many years and believed God for things, I guarantee that you will have discouragements and disappointments. You might be wrestling right now with one or two of them. Do not let those things stop your belief for the mountain to move. The song we sang this morning, a powerful song. You know, he, bodies are still being raised. Was that Elevation Church? 
Do you remember, where's that worship from? Bethel, that's a Bethel church. If you, want to, if you want to go home and sing it, look up, what's it called, the song? This is a move. Just YouTube but This is a move, Bethel church. Crank up that computer. And just declare it over yourself. The third thing is this. And the last thing. We must receive the miracle. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. James chapter 2 verse 11 says, In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied with action, is dead. Pretty simple, isn't it? Faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. I think what happens in church life and what can happen in the Christian life is we can speak a great game but fail to have the fruit to back up what we're saying. We can be great at saying amen. We can be great at highlighting the books, the quotes in the books, or, or, or even the Bible, but not living what we're reading. And then the minute someone calls us to accountability and says, hey, how are you going with that? We can often be offended and pull away and say, no, and it's just, no, where are the actions? You know, whenever someone comes and speaks to me, I always look for fruit, always. If you came and gave me some advice today, I would take it, but I'd also be thinking, where is your fruit? By your fruit, you will be known. Everybody will have an opinion, but not many have godly wisdom. We live in an age where everybody has a platform. You create a Facebook profile, an Instagram profile, a TikTok, whatever else there is out there, Twitter. As soon as you get one person following you, you now have a platform. Somebody wants to listen to what you have to say. And we live in a generation now, generation being whoever's alive, who think that the amount of friends we have on social media determines how right we are. I have a platform. People liked what I said, therefore I must be right. No, it's not true. It's a false narrative. It's not real. What's real is this. Where's your fruit? Where's your testimony? Where's your breakthrough? What's God doing in your life? When was the last time you discipled somebody? When was the last time you got discipled? The greatest commandment, go and make disciples. Yeah, but I go to church. That's not making disciples. Jesus says, speak to the mountain, it'll be moved. If you just simply believe me, if you just, this is the power of belief. If you just believe, if you simply say, yes, God, I believe. And you allow all the noise, all the opinion, all the commentary to die down and you come back to what matters, which is intimacy with the Father. 
in the Holy Scripture. For when God said to every one of those heroes of the faith, go and move in obedience, they got up and moved. Moses, go and speak to Pharaoh. Tell him to let my people go. Moses says, but I have a stutter. I can't speak. Go anyway. David, go and kill Goliath, but I'm just a boy. Gideon, go and be a mighty warrior. Have you seen my family? My clan is the weakest of the weak. I am unqualified. I am a coward. I right now, God, as you are calling me, I'm hiding away when everybody else is out there doing their part. I am hiding away. And God says, get up, mighty warrior. But God, but, but. Again, it doesn't matter how big your butt is. It's not as big as God's Word. Some of us have to just get rid of that butt and just say, God, I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to believe again. I'm going to believe that you can do miracles. Who cares? It doesn't matter about that person that hurt you, that connect person that left you, that leader that says something mean to you. It doesn't matter about that, but, 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 but. It doesn't matter about the but. What matters is what God is saying to you. Simply believe. Abraham, you're going to be a dad. I'm old. Medically, I can't do it. My wife, have you seen her? You think I am bad? Have you seen how old my wife is? She cannot have a baby. But God says, Pregnant, promise, breakthrough. Hey, there was an Ishmael in there. Still didn't disqualify them from the promise. There was a mistake in there. Didn't disqualify them from the promise. Have you noticed the pattern? All these unqualified, disqualified people and God says, it doesn't matter, believe. Believe for your miracle. Believe for your breakthrough. Believe that I can raise you up and my spirit is greater. Believe that I am able. But I prayed for that sick person and they didn't get healed. So, pray again. But I prayed for that salvation and they didn't get saved. Pray again. But I believe for growth. I believe for that connect. I believe, and it didn't happen. Get up and try again. The other option is way worse. I gave up. And that's when the enemy starts to take ground when you give up. Don't let hurt determine your belief. Some of you guys, you know Christians who are no longer in church because they were hurt. Encourage them, get up. God's great at raising people up, get up. Celebration Church, hey, they love you, they'll embrace you, they'll look after you. They'll give you a big hug, get up. The joke tells, the, the, the pastor tells a corny joke every week, at least come for that, get up.
ask, we believe, and then we receive. But when we receive, we receive because we start getting our life in order to receive. Let me finish with a couple of examples. When a mother is expecting a baby, China, I'm looking at you. She has a baby shower to get all the gifts. Make it rain, gifts. I need to get ready. I want more for, so I can look after the baby. It's just a great excuse to get more gifts. Amen, 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 amen. Well, for us it was anyway. I don't know. If... Why? Because you get prepared to receive. On Friday, I was at one of Angie's house and Angie showed me their new nursery. Where one currently sleeps when he's been naughty. <laughs> and so far, they have the crib set up and they have the change table set up. It's all what I really need today. That's all. That's all. He's fine. They're preparing to receive their baby. You've got to prepare to receive the miracles of God. When God spoke to me and Charlie about getting our own house, what did we do? We packed up our house into boxes because it was our way of saying we're ready to move. We're ready to get into our own home. Did we have the finance at the time? No. Do we have a way forward? No. It was the only way we knew how to practically apply works to our faith. And within 12 months, we were literally in our own home. In your life, when it comes to receiving the miracles of God, when it comes to you stepping out, start to get yourself ready. Start to prepare your life. Think about what your life will be like post-miracle. Start to prepare. When my knee feels better, I'm going to enter into that race. Maybe you should enter into the race now in faith. Whatever it might be, you've got to understand how God is not a God of human reasoning. Our God is a God of impossibilities. And, and this is so hard for our human intellect to get this. But read Jesus' life. Time after time after time of just miraculous breakthrough, miraculous, oh, just beautiful moments. People who were bound for years, people who couldn't move for years, in one moment experience the joy of breakthrough. And that's what we're going we're gonna to finish by praying and believing God that those who have been believing for years would see a moment of breakthrough. We have little forms we're going to hand out from our host. We'll do that now, Tommy, if we could. And these are for you to take home and write down. It helps you receive by writing things down in faith. I'm writing this down to believe God according to His will that we're going to see things come to pass. In the coming weeks, we're going to focus on three areas. What's next week, Jolly? It's on the forms. Hey? Yeah, so provision, breakthrough when it comes to provision. Second week's going to be breakthrough when it comes to healing. 
And third week is going to be a breakthrough when it comes to restoration of relationships. Both salvation and also relationships that you have with, with people or people in your life. Our God is a God of miracles. Thanks, Alan. You don't, are these to, Charlie, are these, where is he? He's in the room. Awesome. So we're going to do, we're going to just to, just to apply what, we're, what I'm speaking about. Faith without works is dead. We're going to apply some work right now. I want you to take a moment with the Holy Spirit and write down what you're believing for. You don't need to put your name down if you don't want. If you want to be anonymous, you can. At the back, what we're going to do is we're going to let you get you to put them in, in a bucket at the back. And we're going to pray every week over those miracles. Now, this little thing you can actually tear off as a reminder and take home as a reminder to believe God for those signs and wonders. This nice little tear off here. So in this bit, write down, it can be a couple of things. And our prayer team here are going to be praying over and interceding for those miracles. In Jesus' name. So once they hand it out, we'll just take a moment just to pray. Feel free to start filling it out now if you, if you already know in your heart some of the things excuse me, that you're believing for. We believe, Father. We believe. Thank you, Jesus. If you have friends and family who you think should be a part of this, feel free to invite them in. Feel free to say, hey, what are you also believing for? Write down what they're believing for if you want. Our church will never just be a church of enjoying the wedding feast just for us. It's also for others too. If you need a pen, just let us know. Father, we just take a moment. The Scripture says that faith without works is dead. And as a sign of our works with our faith, we just say, Lord, we're going to just believe for signs and wonders and miracles. Lord, that it may bring glory to the Father, that it may bring glory to the Kingdom, that it might bring breakthrough to those it involves. So Father, right now we take a moment, lead us. Open our ears, open our hearts, open our eyes. What are the miracles you want us to see? Not just for us, but for others. In Jesus' name. This month, as you start to see the miracles take place, testimonies at celebrationchurch.com.au, send them through, inboxes on our social media or there will be forms at the back. Get here early and fill out a praise report. What happens is when you share testimonies of what God's doing, it breathes faith into others to believe God for that. At the end of every service, we actually like to pray a prayer of blessing over our church and a prayer of just sending you out. Um, and we encourage our couples here, married couples, to 
hold hands in this moment. And if you're single, hold your own hand or put your hand on the person's shoulder next to you if they want it. But I'm actually going to ask the Watsons, can you come pray for the church? Yeah? Come up here. Yeah, that'd be great. Let's pray. Uh, Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you that we get to journey with you. Lord, that we get to release all glory to you. And Father, we just pray that you would lift our eyes towards heaven in this season. That through seeing miracles, through hearing testimonies, that we would just be so caught up in your goodness and how intimately you want to know us. Father, above all things, we're not chasing miracles, but we're chasing Jesus. And we would just ask that Jesus would just overflow within us, the church. Lord, overflow in us, cause us to to move in ways that miracles continue to just pour out in the natural, that the supernatural would find residence within us. We thank you, Lord, that we get the honour of carrying the name of Jesus. We ask and we receive your blessings. We ask and we receive your favour. Work through us, let us be your vessels. This is holy land. We are your temples, Lord. We pray for a blessing over this church, over the leadership of this church, Lord. Would you, would you bless the Halliday family, Lord? Would you bless the board, Lord? Would you bless every single person who attends our church and who is yet to attend our church, Lord? We thank you for your goodness, Father. Amen. Well, thanks for coming to church, guys. We appreciate you. We love you. Have a great week. Tomorrow night is creative. I've got the mic now, so I can do a shout out. (laughs) Creative tomorrow night, six o'clock. Be there. Have a great week, guys. See ya. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.